I think being able to uh, make tough decisions. You know, when when crisis happens, you you really want someone who is uh, strong in terms of making those tough decisions, but also empathetic. So somebody who has uh, an ability to feel empathy for others, try to think things from from every different viewpoint. And you know, there are times when everyone feels like they are through a crisis, especially you know right now with what's going on in the world. Um, you know, the businesses get affected, speaking from business standpoint, or whether you talk about leadership in personal life, whether it's family, friends, you know, everyone is, is shaken. And that's when the true, true leadership skills are actually... What do you do when you are shaken? Your world is shaken. How does your leadership skills rise to the surface? Does it rise in a manner that serves you? Well, these are just some things our guest, Dr. Anuj Shah, is going to share with us today. And this, I'm telling you, there's a lot more where that came from. You only got a tease. But listen, with me at the helm, guiding this interview as only a trained, highly trained podcast host like myself could do. Now, don't you try this at home. It seems effortless. It seems like it's so easy. But my friend, until you have had the exposure of listening, of following, of admiring this, your delightful an incredibly sought-after host, then leave this for the professionals like me. So let's get started. Welcome to the Kingsley Grant Show, the podcast dedicated to helping you become the leader everyone loves and wants to follow. Kingsley believes his leadership paradigm, emotelligence, the art of succeeding where others failed, is the key to achieving this status. On this show, Kingsley guides you through the uncharted waters of emotional intelligence and leadership essentials, with the guarantee that upon exit, you will become more skilled in relationship management, decision-making, and job performance. Now here's your host, your coach, and your Sherpa, Kingsley Grant. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is your boy, Kingsley Grant, sitting behind the Jamaican microphone, bringing you yet another show and it is from the show that's been voted number three on the top 15 podcasts on emotional intelligence by Spot. and so i am excited that you are listening to one of the top shows right now and i'm in the command center of the emotelligent leadership institute where i'm going to dig into the vault and get today's show so that you, what you've come for, you will have. So let me reach in right here and get today's show. There it is. I got it. I got it. And put it down right here. And now we can dive into today's show. And as you have heard the tease and what it is you're in for with Dr. Anush Shah, we're going to talk about how to make tough decisions during a crisis that 
will have your people applaud and thank you afterwards. Imagine, imagine that. Just pause for a second and imagine what that is like. And here is the good news. What Dr. Anuj will share with us today, you will realize how possible it is, but you've got to listen to the end to make sure you don't miss anything. But before we dive in, let me just say thank you so much for taking the time to be here with me. If this is your first time, a big thank you. Now, make sure this is not your first and only, but your first of many. Join the party that has been started without you, but now you're here, it gets even better, okay? Now, if this is your second, third, fourth, or umpteenth time, thank you so much. You know how this party roll. You've been here. You are one of those, you know, uh, I would say, I was going to say headbangers, but no, we don't do headbanging here. We do deep stuff, deep thinking, deep analyzing. So you're here. So thank you so much. One last thing. This show is being brought to you by Kingspire Communication, where we help leaders discover how to become better at balance, at, I'm sorry, become better at decision making, relationship management, and work performance. How does that sound? We do that through coaching, training, consulting. And if your company would benefit from that, don't you hesitate, but run, run over to kingsleygrant.com, K-I-N-G-S-L-E-Y-G-R-A-N-T.com and make certain that you connect with us and let's set something up if it will benefit both you and us. So thank you so much for being here. Now, for what you have come to, to listen to while you're here, let us not spend one more second. So would you put your hands together and would you help me welcome to the show, Dr. Anuj Shah. Thank you for joining me on the Kings of Grand Show, where emotional intelligence and leadership skills intersect. This show is designed for leaders who want to turn around toxic work environments, unleash the human potential, and get better results. Today, we have a special guest on the show. His name is Dr. Anuj Shah. Let me tell you a few things about Dr. Shah, and we'll fill in the rest as we go. Dr. Shaw is a cardiovascular disease specialist and the founder and director of Apex Heart and Vascular Care. Dr. Shaw has held leadership positions, including director of vascular interventions at Good Samaritan Hospital and Don Secor Hospital in New York. He also served as the assistant professor of medicine at the Mount Sinai, Mount Sinai Medical Center. Dr. Shaw has best has been ish, um, has been named a top physician in the 2015 edition of Leading Physician of the World, and I and has been among the top doctors of New Jersey since 2015. He was also recently featured on Headline on Artificial Intelligence. Dr. Shaw, thank you for being here today. How are you doing, sir? Thank you so much for having me. Absolute uh, pleasure being here, and thank you for the lovely introduction. Awesome. So where in the world is Dr. Shaw today? 
Dr. Shah, or myself, I should say, uh, I live in New York City in Manhattan, uh, in the uh, downtown in the Tribeca area. I practice uh, medicine in several hospitals, okay. uh, predominantly in northern New Jersey, um, most of them. And I have office practices as well, where I do uh, a lot of office procedures as well as consultations, uh, all in northern New Jersey. Awesome, awesome. Well, I mean, it's great because their audience always want to know that I'm not speaking to a, ro a robot, I'm speaking to a real, real person, and you've only confirmed that for them. So, guys, real person, real interview, and real talk. So, Dr. Shaw, uh, when you hear the word leader and leadership, what comes to your mind? Influence and, uh, and ability to inspire. Mm. So, if somebody asks what is a leadership, I think it's someone who has a vision, and someone knows how to influence others to see and align with that vision and inspire them to make that vision meet. But not only that, also inspire others to have their own vision mm -hmm. and make them a leader. So I think leaders, uh, the true and good and successful leaders are those who, who create the next uh, layer of leaders. That's how I like to think it. You know, so it's all about being mentor, being able to inspire uh, and make uh, others in your team be the best version of themselves. How, how important is that for an organization to make certain that they're raising up uh, future leaders as you described just now? Extremely important, I think. Uh, you know, I think leadership is at every level. I don't think, you know, we always think of leader, like if somebody said, well, who's the leader of this country? Mm -hmm. You would think it's the president. But I think the leadership exists at every level, every every human being, every individual has a potential to lead. You could lead your own individual self, right? Leadership is uh, is something that's not domain specific. Mm -hmm. Leadership is something that you can you can be the leader of your own life, your own issues. You can be a leader in the small group. So I think it's almost like a tiered approach in my mind, and everyone could elevate no matter where they are and and demonstrate leadership qualities. Mm -hmm. and and be the leader. And that's why I think it's important. What happens is a lot of times that the way traditional training is, coaching is, education is, uh, we don't create leaders. We, you know, the traditional education system is, for lack of better words, meant to build followers mm -hmm. uh, and rather than leaders. And nothing wrong with that. I think every individual should have a good balance, you know, because it's also important to be able to follow and be part of a team and, and, and carry those instructions. And while you do that, uh, it's also important to be an effective leader and, and you know, rise beyond what's expected out of you. And I think we need to keep creating that future generation because I think it's important. Any team will be very successful when every person in the team has the leadership mentality. You know, I, I really uh, appreciate that because and I agree with that 100%. And I'm wondering, what are there certain qualities that you find that would help a leader, I mean, leaders, leaders need to exhibit that would help them to be influential and effective in leadership. Are there certain qualities that are needed in that capacity? Yeah, I think uh, leaders um, have a number of different qualities. And if you look at it, I think there is, a, there is a common denominator. You know, whether you look at people in healthcare, whether you look at people in finance, whether you look, look at Hollywood, whether you look at politics, I think if somebody asked me, I would say most leaders are true to themselves. Mm -hmm. There is a level of honesty and integrity that's there. You know, a leader should not be someone who has to um, ever uh, has to lie, for lack of better words. You know, you, the true leaders 
know how to be vulnerable. True leaders know how to be honest, uh, be completely transparent, and then they can um, confide and then get the rest of the team, you know, rising to that level. You know, they have to be confident. You know, they need to have a, have a clear vision and ability to inspire. Uh, and inspiration only comes when when it's authentic. So that's why I keep going back to being authentic, honest, and have that integrity. So when you have that honesty and integrity, um, it moves people. It gives mm-hmm. people goosebumps. It, it touches down them uh, truly to their soul, for lack of better words, and it inspires. So I think being able to inspire uh, is very important because that's when people feel committed and passionate towards whatever that your team is trying to lead. Uh, you know, so I think a true leader should be able to communicate well. They need to be able to inspire others. Uh, they need to be able to make quick and fast and tough decisions mm-hmm. if need to be. Uh, they need to be compassionate. You know, it's you know, I mean, there is something called tough love, but but true leader always knows and and tries to think things from other people's perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, ability to think from other people's perspective. And uh, and my favorite is begin from the end in mind you know mm-hmm. look at your anthem goal begin and begin from that point on and and then you can focus on the journey you know i love the framework you've just kind of you kind of, um, kind of outlined for us because i think that it, it sounds like that is what the whole know like and trust factor comes in when a leader is that way right would that be what be true to what you're describing yes absolutely i think uh you know, you need a framework, as you said, you know, and then when the leaders have that framework of honesty, integrity, vision, you know, like knowing, you know, what what's the ultimate goal um, and then not focus only on the goal, then focus on the journey and make sure everybody focuses on those steps. I think that's where uh, the true leadership comes. You know, and I think what you're describing, Dr. Shaw, is it, it sounds more people centric where you're making certain that the people understand they are the most valuable asset and you want them to rise up, as you said earlier, to the occasion, and you want to pull that leadership piece out of them, because it sounds like when that happens, that it becomes a win-win for everyone. Yes, absolutely. When you know, it's like it's like you can fish for people, or you can teach people how to fish, right? Yeah. So, uh, I think a good leader should always be a mentor, you know, and they should mentor people. And, and be proud, you know, when others can step up to that level, you know, and in it, I think, I know you talk a lot about emotional intelligence. I think it all, all ties down to that, you know, a good leader happen, you know, seems to have or need to have, in my opinion, excellent uh, cognitive intelligence, but also excellent emotional yeah. intelligence. And there's a term called positive intelligence, you know, so within your intelligence, you know, how, how positive it is, you know, um, and, and you need to have all three qualities. And and that's when you start inspiring others and, and and make them rise above, especially in turbulent times like this. I mean, right now, true true leadership is warranted more than ever before. You know, I think that's that you are spot on with that. And I'm I, I do find sometimes I'm not sure if you have experiences where some leaders become intimidated or threatened if they're trying to raise up other people and they feel as if that person is probably better than they are so how do you switch to that leader who might be feeling oh you know i don't want to then be threatened in my position so to speak would i do all that work well i think they need to have a confidence you need to have confidence in your skin right in in your skill set in your skin 
And, you know, you got to stop this, uh, having this self-centered view of the world. You know, I think um, when the team approach and, you know, the, the unity and, and, you know, global village, if you may, you know, that mindset comes in, then there is no, I am better than this person or this person was better than me uh, mindset. It's like, how can we all be better? I mean, imagine like, right, I mean, uh, people playing in like, you know, football or basketball analogy. If one player tries to get the limelight or, you know, think, start thinking I'm the leader and I need to score the most, that team is destined to fail, right? So I think the same applies to other areas of life, you know, you, you gotta look at the big picture. And I think that's why it comes down to that emotional intelligence that uh, that we talked about. Yeah, you know, I, I again, I, I think that is so um, well uh, stated because I find that that helps leaders to understand is a team approach is not individual because the team wins. And when that happens, everybody is also winning at the same time. So Dr. Shaw, we are, of course, in the time where things are very, very unsettled right now and there's uncertainties all around, which is something that many workplace experience from time to time. This is like their life, so to speak, where there's uh, uncertainties, right? There's mergers, there's all those different things happening. So what might be some some of the things that um, you, a leader in time of crisis or mergers or difficult times, what are some things that need to be making certain that their people understand and um, see from them? I think being able to uh, make tough decisions. You know, when, when crisis happens, you, you really want someone who is uh, strong in terms of making those tough decisions, but also empathetic. Mm. So somebody who has uh, an ability to feel empathy for others, try to think things from, from every different viewpoint. So for my example, for example, if if we are going through a crisis, and and trust me, we are, and you know there are times when everyone feels like they are through a crisis, especially you know right now with what's going on in the world, um, you know the businesses get affected. Speaking from business standpoint, or whether you talk about leadership in personal life, whether it's family, friends, you know everyone is is shaken, and that's when the true true leadership skills are actually most important. You know, so you want somebody who can who can look at the things that can be done to change and improve, mm -hmm. focus on those things, try to pass that message, not beating around the bush, not a naysayer, not saying what are the things that cannot be done, should not be done. Uh, and that's why I think that the whole positive intelligence comes in, right? Focus on things that can be improved, that should be improved, and, and the ways to, to work around it. Try to find out, find out if other team members are understanding the larger picture and and on on plan with that and if they are not try to be empathetic like what is it that they are not understanding or what are their limitations um you know and and try to once you start thinking from other person's viewpoint i think a lot of problems start getting solved rather than just hammering that like why is this thing not happening you know mm -hmm. so so i think in crisis you, you want a leader who's not afraid of making tough decisions who knows the the actual vision and mission purpose of of that organization, and who has an ability to think from uh, other standpoint? You mentioned a couple of times the positive intelligence piece. Let's talk a little bit about that. What what is that as far as it re how it relates to even in crisis or in the leadership? Why why is that? May that be an advantage for leaders to at least know a little bit about that and how to execute that in their own lives? Yeah, I think, you know, as you know, we all have, um, 
you know, our minds, for example, is our, our best friend and our worst enemy, right? We all happen to have these traits which tend to lead to uh, make incredible decision and also lead to, you know, all kind of bad decisions, you know, whether it's anxiety, whether it's uh, over, you know, like working extra, you know, like working unnecessary or, uh, or going into this. Um, there are things we can control and there are things that we cannot control. And I think a lot of people, when they can't control things, uh, you know, they, they start hammering that and then, then they, they start focusing on that and the, and the mentality and attitude does become very negative. I think true leader need to have a positive attitude. Mm -hmm. You know, not everything can be fixed, but focus on what can be fixed. Focus on a much larger scale, you know, not just uh, resources wise, but what can we be fixed in terms of mentality of the team. And, and I think, you know, that to me is positive intelligence of a leader. And I like that because, you know, as you're describing, I see in my mind that basketball coach or the football coach who has a positive attitude. And even though the team might be doing bad, they're going to maintain and, and try to find a way. What can we do? Right. As you described. So you've created a great picture in my mind as you were sharing that just now. Absolutely. I think basketball is a perfect example. You know, I mean, we have all seen, right, that team who has... At the end, the skills can only take you to a certain level, but but attitude takes mm -hmm. you like way more, mm -hmm. you know. So I think a good leader knows how to cultivate positive attitude. You know, um, in the times like when there's turbulent times and and, and crisis, um, Dr. Shaw, I know our bodies go through a lot of stress and of course toxicity in our own bodies can be in different forms and so on. But it's also true that I realize in the workplace, people are are anxious, are stressful. And so there's, I call it toxicity in the workplace. And what might be then a leader, of course, being positive is important, being confident is important, having a vision, a clear vision, as you describe, it's so important, how to communicate well, all those are great qualities. But if the toxicity is toxicity getting so bad, what might be the way to kind of um, approach that to possibly begin the the eradication process of that from the system calling the workplace or whatever system there might be, but in this case, the workplace. I think, again, ability to think from other standpoints. So find out why mm -hmm. the people have the anxiety. Why do they have that sphere? Um, you know, I think it, it does require some, you know, if not one-on-one, -on -one, but at least like two-way conversation, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or whether it's with, with, you know, depending on how much of a team one's leading, but listen, like, you know, you got to be able to, to hear the feedback and, you know, the conversation has to be two ways. And I, I would honestly say in the beginning, listen more than you speak. Mm -hmm. Listen, like, you know, get data, as much data as you can, you know, try to find out which fears are rational and which fears are irrational. And, and those rationality can cannot only be from the leadership standpoint. Rationality of that also has to be from the other person's standpoint, you know. So, you know, giving an example um, of the basketball, I mean, since we keep going back to that, if, if there is one player who is not performing to their fullest potential and there is a concern, you know, whether there is an anxiety about, you know, not uh, not having proper workout regimen or having muscle ache or sore, you can't just keep beating that. You have to understand, like, what what fears they have, what anxieties they have, what issues they are facing. Try to understand it from their, their standpoint and then try to see which part of it is fixable, which part of this is irrational, and uh, and motivate them to uh, to seek help, whether it's uh, physical help, whether it's financial help, whether it's um, emotional help, 
whatever it is, you know, uh, how can we change attitude and uh, allow them to lead, you know, allow, give them an opportunity. And I think once you hear all these things, uh, you can work at an individual level and try to resolve those issues. You know, I think that's really um, spot on. And again, I, I thank you for sharing that. And I think it's very, very clear because I can see in my mind how that leader can be able to help their people and lower the toxicity in this system by approaching that way. Um, you, I wonder here, um, because of, again, go back to the, the crisis we're in and how things are right now. How do you motivate, especially the, say the teams, or the medical team, for example, now that because of the fear of being, of contracting this virus and how it can affect them is the same thing that sometimes people experience a fear of something. How do you motivate in the times like this so people can buy in and trust that you are having their best interest and not putting them out to harm's way per se? What might be some skill sets that are so needed right now? I think visibility. If you are a leader, you have to be visible. You can't run away. You can't try to conduct things from, you know, for lack of better analogy, I'm going to use the battlefield analogy. If you are at the war, a true leader would be at the battlefield, conducting, you know, the war and not sitting somewhere on the sideline and and, then giving all this instruction. You got to, you got to lead by example, you know, so, so the true leader would be leading by example, demonstrating because people, if you think about it, people Everyone knows the right things to do oftentimes, and yet people don't do it because they don't feel inspired. Inspiration comes by, and this is why we love our heroes, right? People who get through adversity, people who don't look at themselves, and yet, you know, they look for others, and then and, and they, just, they just do it. Whether you look at Mahatma Gandhi, who was Indian, or you look at Martin Luther King, those are the two biggest heroes of our generation, right? And uh, if you look at them, they never care about themselves, they were always out there leading by example and truly inspiring people to a, to a core, to a, to a degree where they feel pride in following you, you know, as a leader. And then, and, and, you know, they, the oneness comes in it. So I think the same holds true no matter which level of leadership we talk about. When people see that they're, they're, those who are leading them or those who are superior, if they're running away and you know, like like a kid, like a ch- like children, when they see parents acting certain way, yeah. they they know they're smart. You know, so they know exactly, and they're like, okay, well, they are not in it, so I'm not gonna be in it. So if you want your kids to to have a healthy lifestyle, guess what? You gotta demonstrate by example. You know, so the same holds true for I think organization of uh, of any scale. So I think in crisis time, this becomes even more important. Leaders who who kind of like run away, who are very anxious who come across as they are shaky, they don't know which decision to make, what's the right decision. Uh, those who are trying to look at their personal gain or personal protection and safety first before the organization's uh, safety, uh, those leaders are not gonna be able to do, do that well. Leaders who are immediately saying, I got this, I'm here, I'm gonna take care of this, we are in this together, they're gonna lead by example, they're going to have an umbrella approach. They're going to look at the first level of decision-making, the top-tier decision-making, break it down to the team that, okay, this is how we're going to be making this decision. These are the top-level decisions, one, two, and three. Within decision one, these are A, B, and C. D, you know, like I think, and then do it, you know, show it, and then hear from people, and constant dialogue. You know, I'll give you a small example. I work at a lot of hospitals, and right now we are going through this corona crisis, and like one hospital has a leadership team that's, Everybody, you go to the hospital, people are very anxious. They are very fearful. They, 
you know, and then you can see, you can palpate the uh, the anxiety in, in healthcare workers because leadership is not sending them, you know, messages yeah. or, or if they are sending messages, they are not very consistent. Yeah. On the other side, we have another hospital. Uh, it's actually a healthcare organization, a much like two or three different hospitals. They are extremely communicative. Uh, we are getting messages from the top leader of the organization uh, every like two to three hours. Uh, the messages are very nicely broken down. They're doing webinars where they're coming across and giving these messages. And, you know, people who are working in this healthcare organizations are driven, they're motivated, they're inspired, they want to go and make a difference. They want to take care of the patients and, you know, they have no trouble finding uh, motivated healthcare workers. Same way, I run, you know, uh, an organization as well. Uh, and we have a, a large number of people working in my team. And I've been on phone with them. Uh, I've been on Zoom call with them um, for last week, almost every every day, two to three times. And you know, we go through. You know, I I hear them. I I understand what are their anxieties. I understand their fears. Um, we we listen to them, and listening is not just passive. We actively listen to them. So there are things we can change based on their you know, their level of understanding and what they want, we are doing it, you know, to to make them heard that we are not only listening to them, we are acting upon their request and stuff or where things can be changed. But then again, if they have fears which are irrational, if yeah. they have anxieties, we are addressing them and we are coming up with uh, protocols and plans. And uh, for example, we started this very successful telehealth program under 12 hours. Wow. And we immediately switched our entire office from in-person virtual office with virtual waiting rooms and and we are doing it very successfully so just a small example of under 12 hours we accomplished something that you know crisis is sometimes a blessing you know yeah. because people are most vulnerable to change when there is a crisis you know as, as darwin said you know who wins at the end is is not the species which is the smartest or the strongest but species that can adapt and yeah. people can adapt in crisis with the right leadership so I think crisis could be a blessing if there are changes you want in your organization for a long time. This is the time to act upon them. You know, I think that's one of the thing uh, skills that I know is really marked, uh, marked up so in in uh, emotional intelligence, the ability to adapt and be flexible, right? Because there are two huge scales that you're describing. But I think what I also heard, which I think is so powerful, what you described, Dr. Shaw, was the willingness to communicate, communicate communicate right because i i'm on the belief that the more you know the less you judge right and people are left to their own assumptions and their vacuum is there to create all kind of scenarios that may have nothing to do with the reality because of a lack of communication so i love the fact that you're saying as a leader even in crisis or any kind of situation where you find people are kind of um antsy or there's toxicity is communication Absolutely. And I think people are not, I mean, most people are not irrational. Most people do have a degree of self-awareness. So, you know, I think part of the leader's job is I wish, you know, you have cultivated a team that's like-minded. Mm. And, you know, so part of the leader is also choosing the right team, you know, if you have that option. Uh, and, you know, if you have chosen the right team, you know, you need you need to be able to trust them. You know, you need to, because you know, and you need a degree of self awareness in your in your own self. You know, mm -hmm. leaders who are dealing with issues within themselves, like narcissistic leaders, leaders who are, you know, like borderline, they don't know which way to go. Um, you know, they they're not gonna be able to step up to the plate when when the crisis comes. Yeah. 
you know, you're a, you're a voice of uh, that helps us to balance things out. I think that we need more people like you out there on the front line, really bringing this to other other leaders, other organization, because it's just a well-rounded approach to leadership, which I so admire. And I'm wondering if someone who's listening right now is thinking that, okay, man, I'm hearing some things that are so in- interesting from Dr. Shaw. Can I hear more? Is there a place to hear more? Because you're a great resource. And I'm telling you, I think people are going to ask those questions. And I'm wondering if there's anything more out there of you, per se, that they could uh, digest or, you know, consume, so to speak. Yeah, no, I mean, we, you know, I'm definitely, uh, thank you for the kind words. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a cardiologist, as I said, I'm available. You know, I'm, I'm there on um, all the social media platforms. We have our own website. Uh, it's called, the, you know, you probably put it, yes. I guess, uh, somewhere the yes. link. Yes, but It's apexheartandvascular.com. We have uh, very active, uh, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn accounts. You know, I'm available. Anybody wants to reach out to me, we have an email address. Um, you know, absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, these are the times we all need to get together and, you know, brainstorm. Yeah, and I think I, I, I like the fact not only have you spoken about authenticity and from the heart, but you also demonstrate that, you know, your, your steady hand approach, your calm approach, and you're exhibiting what we're talking about here in, in leadership. So I think this is, is going to cross pretty well as we are talking. I can hear it. People are hearing it. And I think they're going to be drawn towards it. So I really appreciate you taking the time. As we kind of wind down here, I say thank you for this. And you are, you know, you've kind of shared some important aspects of leadership, but also tied into that other parts that really makes it so so open to other areas, you know, the, the, the medical, the, the sports, the, I mean, all of that in just 30 minutes or so. So that's really well done. So thank you so much. No, I absolutely appreciate it. You know, I mean, I... You know, fundamentally, being a surgeon, you are always leading a team. Yeah. And, and you know, obviously, we are dealing with a much bigger crisis. But in our small operating room world, uh, we do get crisis all the time. And I think these are the skills of being able to calm and self-aware and being able to communicate all those micro, you know, micro level, you know, need those skills and the same skills you need at a macro level. So thank you again for giving me a chance to share this. Um, you know, we'd love to hear back from uh from you and uh, yeah, and I want to say personally, I thank you for the work you're doing, especially at a time like this. I'm a heart survivor, had open heart surgery, so I know you know it was someone like yourself who actually saved my life. So I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. It's very personal. This is something close to home. So your work is very much appreciated by me and my family because I'm alive today. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll make sure that this uh, gets out. And we really, I think it's a great episode. I think people need to hear this and you're a great, a, a fresh voice to the scene. So thank you. Thank you so much for the kind words. And it, again, it's an absolute privilege being here, being a surgeon and being a cardiologist. Um, you know, we're you know, wishing you all the best in your personal health. And again, thank you for having me. And there you have it, my friend. I hope today, as you've listened to Dr. Anuj Shah, you are taking away some very helpful ideas, thoughts, suggestions, insights, and on and on that Dr. Shah shared with us today. We would love to hear what it is that was you found most useful. Because every one of us are going to 
take away something different as you've listened through your own filter, I would love to hear. Dr. Shaw would love to hear. So if you are on LinkedIn, which we are, I would love for you to engage with us once it's posted there. You will see the post, the link, and all of that. Would you make some comments, feedback, what you're, you found most useful that we could engage and continue the conversation there as well? If you want to connect directly with Dr. Shaw or myself, you can find other links in the notes that follow this show and connect through that as well. So you have ample ways of connecting, which I know that you can't wait to do, right? I knew I was right along, all along. So I just wanted to echo that for you since you're not able to speak right now while you're listening. So thank you. And a big thank you for listening in to the show, taking the time to listen all the way through. We do appreciate that very much. I know that you could not resist anyway, right? Yeah. Just go ahead and play along with me. That's what we're doing. So you could not resist but to listen. Because, hey, where else are you going to find an accent like mine? Where else do you go to find someone as well versed and eloquent and articulate like yours truly? Right. Yeah, there you go. I I knew you would have agreed. So thank you for that. But thank you for being here. And my friend, I do appreciate you taking the time to be with us. And remember, you are one skill away, one skill. And I hope you were brought closer today because of this podcast episode. Now, let's put this show back into the vault and then we can say, our goodbye. So here we go. Let's go. Here we go. There it is. Now that this show is safely tucked away into the vault of the Immortelligent Leadership Institute, I can say to you, my friend, God bless, peace out, and see you on the Say It With Me flip side. Yeah.